Hi, this is Cole. And this is Carly. Welcome to our podcast, Shrieks and Shivers. It's Trick or Treat October. So every week we'll review a kid's friendly scary movie. And then the next week we'll review an adult scary movie. Last week we reviewed Monster House, which was a fun little kid horror movie that we both enjoyed. This month we reviewed Trick or Treat. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Trick or Treat is an anthology movie. Um, it is based on a town called Warren Valley, Ohio. And residents of this town all encounter strange things happening Halloween night. Um, some of these encounters are violent. And some of them are just spooky. But they all involve people who have done something against Halloween tradition or immoral being punished. And this uh, movie is not for kids, people. Like, I would say teens, but definitely not for, like, children. No, um, it's not too gory, but there are definitely some inappropriate scenes. So I would say it's probably closer to being PG-13. What did you think of this movie, KK? Um, I liked I liked some of the stories. Um, some of the other stories I felt like the, the show, like the movie could have done without. Um, starting off with, we meet this couple. Uh, they're just finishing their Halloween night. They're getting back home. They're about to get ready for bed. And for whatever reason, the wife hates Halloween, but her husband loves it. So she wants to take down the Halloween decorations. So her husband goes upstairs to get ready for bed and to wait for her so that they can do some romantic stuff before bed. And she is, you know, taking down, like, the spooky ghost setups they have. Um, and she blows out a jack-o'-lantern. And to me, that was her biggest mistake because the jack-o'-lantern was, like, a form of protection for them. And because hers got blown out, she ended up being attacked and killed. By Sam, who represents the spirit of Halloween. Or if you want to go so far, so far back. I can't say the name. Do you know what the name is? Um, I don't ever. Samus? Have... Samus? I'm sorry, guys. I know what you're saying. I always pronounce it Sam, Sam Hine, but that's not how you pronounce it. Yeah, but he kind of, he represents, he just represents like all the traditions, all the folk, like new and old. He is Halloween. And because she blew it out, like KK said, she lost that protection. So he attacks her and he actually ends up killing her in a very gruesome way. He separates her head from her body and kind of turns her into Halloween decorations that her husband sadly discovers. And this is the beginning of um, the movie. And it's also kind of the end of the movie as well. Yes. So this was kind of where the movie starts. Um, later, we learn that the movie is not in chronological order, meaning it jumps around a bit, which is actually kind of confusing. Um, out of the stories that we see, this is my least favorite, just because I feel like the woman is punished pretty severely for doing something that's not that bad when other characters who do way worse stuff aren't punished as badly. Like, at least she celebrated it. Yeah, she didn't see it all the way through. But later on, I won't tell us, I won't say it now. There's a character who doesn't even celebrate Halloween. And yes, he gets punished, but he doesn't lose his life to Sam like she did. Yes. And also, um, there is a part in this beginning story that 
is definitely inappropriate for kids and may even be inappropriate PG-13. Um, while the husband goes upstairs to watch, like, to get ready for his and his wife's romantic activities and she's pulling stuff, the decorations down from outside, she had told him to put the tape in and we see some pornographic material playing on the movie. Well, I really dislike the fact that we see that movie playing while the wife is being butchered outside. Yeah. Because it's like, it's somehow relating, like, women's sexuality with violence against women. Which is a real thing, and it's, and we've talked about this before, it's kind of a nasty occurrence in horror movie that you have sexual violence, like, not sexual violence, but you have violence and sex together sharing the screen. Mm Mm-hmm. And when the husband discovers her body, the only thing it shows is her head. And then he doesn't see it because he runs away screaming. But hanging from the tree near her head is her arm. And it really focuses in on the fact that her wedding band is still on her finger. That is kind of strange. I'm just grateful that he didn't pull it down. And it wasn't just her torso with her breast revealed. You know what I mean? Yes. And I mean, when we see that glimpse of the pornographic material before he falls asleep and then he comes down and discovers her body, um, the main part that we catch in that pornographic material is the woman's breast. So it's kind of like just showing how women are like in a lot of ways, their bodies are just like pieced out. Yes. Yes. So like. In a way, when are we ever going to get a dick on the screen? I want a horror movie where there's going to be a guy swinging his dick. <laughs> now, this movie does have a moment, one a, a story involved in it where there is a little more feminist stuff going on, but we will talk about that later. Um, the second story we're kind of introduced to, which is inter- entwined with this first one, is we see this um, boy, he's either like pre-adolescent, like a preteen, or he's like a young teen. I would say anywhere between like 12 and 14. He's a heavier kid um, with like curlyish blonde red hair. He's walking down the street and he's knocking all the jack-o'-lanterns off and breaking them as he walks. Well, his principal kind of comes across him as he's breaking his jack-o'-lanterns on his house. And he's griping at him and then he's like, I have some candy for you. And so they go up to his doorstep and they sit down and they're eating the candy. And it turns out that the principal had like pulls in the candy. And so the young teen starts like vomiting up like this blackish reddish goo. And then we learn as the story kind of goes along because the principal pulls in that teenager that he's kind of a serial killer and he actually plans on killing this teen. Can I actually pause real quick? So when I first, when we first started this, so the first story, the girl blows out, I mean, the girl, the woman blows out the candle and that's why Sam attacks her and kills her. But, and the second one, it's the young boy, he's destroying pumpkins and then he goes to the principal's house and he takes the candy and it said only take one. So I was like, oh, it's like every time someone breaks a rule, something bad's going to happen to them. You know what I mean? Yes. It's all about if you break the rules of Halloween or tradition, then you get punished. Yeah. And then we learned that the principal actually has a chemistry set inside his house where he, um, you know, is making actually poisoning the candy. And this ties into that whole, you know, 
urban legend, urban myth, be careful, always check your candy. Yes. So um, as the principal believes that he has murdered this young man, he drags him outside to um, bury him in his backyard. But before he can actually get him outside, we hear his door go off. And there are a group of young teens there to trick or treat. Um, He gives them some candy. And then they ask him for a jack-o'-lantern because they claim they're doing a scavenger hunt and they need a jack-o'-lantern, which he doesn't have any. So they leave to continue their journey. And he goes back to finish killing this teen. Um, And while he's in a hole in his backyard trying to finish this teen off, his neighbor comes outside because his dog is barking a lot. And the neighbor's, like, questioning him about what he's doing, what the principal's doing. You know what? I just want to say something real quick. This is when it gets really confusing and kind of makes no sense. And I'm going to, I'll bring this up later. But I just want to say, after he, while he's killed, while he's trying to bury the bodies and kill the two bodies down there, because there's more than one, he, um, the neighbor yells at him and calls him a freak or something and then goes inside. And then once he's done burying the bodies, he walks back inside and he sees his neighbor getting attacked by Sam. Yes. So that means that even though we're seeing this as a second story, it's kind of like we said earlier, this movie is not told in chronological orders. So this is actually towards the end of the night rather than earlier Halloween night. And I just want to say, I hate this second story so much. I I don't know. It didn't resonate with me. The boy being poisoned and killed, I got that. I understood that. But the scene felt dragged out. Like, um, I was fine with the humor of him dragging the guy in and having blood on his shirt. Or it's just once he got to the backyard and him and his son's little interaction and him and the neighbor's interaction, I did not like it. Like, it felt too long. And then it also, this storyline confuses me a little bit because I thought the principal was also a serial killer going around the town killing people, but then he can't be the guy that was killing people. Yeah, it gets really confusing because in one of our later stories, there's a guy who's actually like, he's killing women and in the end he gets killed, but it's like, he can't be in two places at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, um, did you finish his story? Um, Hillman, his he's actually raising his son to also be like a serial killer, and that's kind of where his uh, story ends. Yes. And then we move over to the three kids who are collecting pumpkins. They're going around town and going to different houses and collecting pumpkins. And can I just say, so th- the next house they go to is also a teacher's house. And she's dressed up as a cat. And I think it's so weird that we're, um, excuse me, putting kids in sexual situations in this movie. And that's something I didn't enjoy. Because these are like junior high kids, maybe like elementary, like 6th, 7th, 8th, so junior high kids in kind of adult situations for a second. Because they're at a house where the teacher is and they're getting a, trying to get a pumpkin for her, but she's not paying attention to them. And they see some of their teachers inside the house performing sexual acts. I thought yes. it was weird. So I thought it was super weird. One, um, it's obvious when the teacher opens the door that she's a little intoxicated. But she does some of the most 
inappropriate stuff I would ever say an adult would do could do to children or teens of any age um she like is dressed up as a black cat and she turns herself around and her tights are super tight and almost see-through and she has this tell and she like wiggles her butt and tell at them and it slaps like the youngest kid who's like a or he looks the youngest a young boy in the face yeah and he looks like he might be 11 or 12 at most yeah and he's the one who comments on what the teachers were doing. It just, it was a weird scene. I did not enjoy it. Yes. So they continued their journey on co- on collecting candy and pumpkins. And they eventually get to this girl who's a bit of an outcast named Rhonda's house. And they invite her to go with them to the rock quarry. And they kind of use like the good looking guy in their group to kind of convince Rhonda to come with them she's got all these like jack-o'-lanterns that would look really nice she she kind of like follows halloween like to a t so um he convinces Rhonda to go with them so they go to the rock quarry and um before they go down an elevator the the kind of like the mean girl of the group the leader she tells them the story of how there was a school um bus that carried deranged and just um mentally disturbed children on it and one day on Halloween, the parents paid the bus driver to, you know, take care of the kids. So he drove them to the rock quarry. And when he was getting on planning, I don't know what he was planning. I didn't know if he planned to, like, push the bus off the cliff or just leave the kids there. One of the kids escaped and was trying to drive the school bus and sadly drove the school bus over the rock quarry and ended up killing himself and all the other kids. But the bus driver escaped. And was never seen again. Now the other kids kind of call her bluff. But she's like no believe me. uh, We are going down the elevator. And we're going to put the pumpkins. That we have the jack-o'-lanterns we've been collecting all night. As kind of like a memorial for them. Would Mm -hmm. you Yeah. Yeah. They're going to put a a jack-o'-lantern for each child that was killed on the bus. Down by the... um, by the shore like the side of the lake because it's a rock quarry but it also has water in it so it's kind of like a lake and so but they all decide to go down there but only three of them can go down at a time so her and the handsome boy and the other girl like the more popular girl they go down together and then Rhonda the kind of outcast and the younger boy they have to go down second and bring all of the the rest of the pumpkins down by themselves. Yeah, and when Rhonda and the other boy get down there, like, screaming and they can't see because it's really foggy down in the quarry. So Rhonda tells the boy to stay there because he's scared, and she's like, it'll be okay, I'm going to go find them. And she goes and searching for them, but instead she discovers, like, these monsters with chains on them, and they start chasing her, and she's surrounded, and she keeps running, and she falls and hits her head. Like, she slips down some of the rocks in the quarry. Her head, and for a second, she said that she didn't die. And one of the monsters start talking to her, and it's the good-looking guy. And the rest pull off their mask, and it was just a nasty Halloween trick. So Yeah, Rhonda- he, was, he was pretty apologetic to her about it, but it didn't matter because she was still dazed. But one thing I want to point out before um, you continue 
is that before she left the other boy in the elevator, she told him, because he still had all the jack-o'-lanterns, she told him, make sure these stay lit because they will protect you. Oh, that I didn't I didn't catch that. So she knows. Yeah, because she kind of believes in all of it and she's um like she practices traditions on Samhain. So um so after the good looking guy apologizes, she's really traumatized. She's really shaken up. She's crying. The mean girl, the mean popular girl of the group is kind of like whatever just like you know done with her she's kind of annoyed by the boy um so she walks off to the water to the farther into the quarry and you know she has her two lackeys the other girl and the the boy who was left on the elevator follow her and they actually find the bus and the girl's like the her like sidekick is like i thought you made it all up and the popular girl's like no it was real and they actually start to hear moaning and like screaming and like like voices coming from the fog. So they get really freaked out. So they start so, running back to the elevator. I want to um just say something before you continue. They noticed the bus, and the reason they went back to the lakeside is because the handsome boy said we need to wrap all of this up and just head back. She's really freaked out. Um, she got hurt, so we just need to go. Well, Macy, the popular girl, she's kind of annoyed by it all. So she goes back and she there's one jack-o'-lantern that's still lit by the lakeside because only three were taken to the lakeside. Um, and the other two were not lit. They The um, candle had gone out in each of them. And she, like, throws the jack-o'-lantern, if I'm remembering correctly, in the water. And so it goes out. Oh, so all their jack-o'-lanterns went out, each one yeah. of their... And so that's when they start hearing the moaning and the voices and things go badly for them. Yes. So they run back to the elevator and the popular guy's like, I already told y'all, like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with the jokes. Like, this is ridiculous. And she's like, the mean girl's kind of like, can't you hear it? And he starts to hear it. So they all start to rush to the elevator. And when they get to the elevator, guess who's in it? Rhonda. But, and she has the keys. So she's kind of like, and it's shut. So the kids can't get in and they're begging her to like, let us in, let us in. And Rhonda, I think she's really like, I don't think she leaves them there on purpose. I think she's confused, dazed, hurt. And also she probably thinks they're just fucking with her again. So she's like, fuck y'all. I already gave you a chance and you lied to me. Even you good looking guy. So she presses the button and she goes back up to the top of the quarry and the kids are surrounded by like the muddy children who did who were on the bus the day it went over. And as she's leaving the quarry, you can hear them screaming and like the sound of crunching and breaking. So I think they're like essentially being ripped apart by the zombie children. Mm-hmm. And what's surprising is when she's leaving the quarry, she actually sees Sam and her and Sam kind of look at one another. And there's this like the scene of just acknowledging each other but she has her jack-o'-lantern still lit and she's allowed to pass by unharmed yes um and then from there we're kind of introduced to one of our our four story and the four story we were introduced to these characters a little bit earlier but just for like a brief second and then it kind of jumps back to the other stories 
So for the fourth story, we're introduced to four really pretty, beautiful girls. They look like they're probably in college. Yes, they are in college because the youngest is 22 or they just graduated college. Um, So we got two sisters. One of the sisters is like really beautiful, really popular and outgoing and her two best friends and then her younger sister. And the three, the older sister and her two best friends decide to dress up as princesses. But, you know, their outfits are like a lot more adultish. So the oldest sister dresses up as Cinderella. Um, the other friend dresses up as Snow White. And the third friend dresses up as, um, it was Cinderella, Snow White. Who was the other one? Aurora. Oh, Aurora. Yes. And then the younger sister ends up dressing up as Little Red Riding Hood. And they're the girls are laughing and joking and they're saying do we really need to dress up as princesses and the um, older sister is like well last year we dressed up as sailors and we attracted sailors so if we dress up as princesses this year maybe we'll get princes so they pay for their costumes and they go out the door and they're all on their way and the two friends are kind of teasing the younger sister and they're teasing her about how She's still kind of a virgin and she hasn't been with a guy. And she's like, oh, I want it to be special. I don't want to just be with anyone. And they're like, we've all been there. We've all done that. Sometimes you just kind of have to take the leap. Yeah. And the older sister is like very pushy about it. Like she even says, like before they leave the store, she's like, I'll show you. And she actually um, flirts with the guy checking them out and even gets convinces him to go to the woods where they'll be having a celebration. Yes. So um, that's kind of where like that storyline starts to end a little bit and our other storylines picked up. But now we're brought back to them and we see the girl who's dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood. She's walking alone to the party and this guy who's kind of been hurting women throughout the night is following her. Yeah. So she was left the other three girls, the two girls and her sister, they actually met up that with some guys who work for like a TV station and they took off to the woods to, you know, celebrate. And they said, meet up with us later. So she's walking through the streets and, you know, everyone's kind of hooking up and she's all by herself. And I just love when her sister, sister calls her and she's like, Hey, so like, I'm the best sister ever. There's a guy at the party and I want you to meet him. <laughs> it's, it's a guy just like as a baby, I think, or Cupid. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Yes. And he's definitely not like someone. I'm not trying to be mean. Maybe he is someone who you would want to lose your virginity to. Just not my type. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying he's a bad looking person, but anyone who chooses to dress up as a baby or Cupid for Halloween. Yeah. Like, I'm just afraid they're going to be like, can you change my diaper? And I'm like, I'm not into that. Oh, my goodness. No. um, So she um, actually sees this guy. He's been kind of like stalking the party that's been happening in the middle of town where she's at, the youngest sister. And he actually killed a woman. And you think he's a vampire because he's really into the whole blood scene. So he's eyeing her. And, you know, she's Little Red Riding Hood. It's kind of cliche. Monster hunting the young girl. And she's um, actually is walking to the party in the woods. We keep going back and forth but with her story, but she's at the very end. She's walking to the party in, by herself in the woods, and he catches up to her, and you think, oh, this is it. This is her, and she thought she was going to have her, like, prince, but it's actually going to be a beast that takes her out. 
but all of a sudden it's like we uh we're back at the party with the girls and the guys and he is flung down the vampire dude and he's in agony screaming that he needs help he can't get up and she shows up and she's like i did what you said to the friends she's like i played coy and he came and we learned that this whole time we thought these guys were like hunting these girls but it's actually the other way around these girls were hunting these guys yes and they end up killing the guys and like a very sexualized way which to me the storyline was a bit weird and maybe I don't know enough about werewolf or lycanthropy folklore to say this but I didn't think they really needed to kill people like for the most part I thought that they could kill people but they didn't actually need to do it to survive whereas it almost sounds like in this storyline like they have to do it like as a survival I kind of think it's just a celebration for them. I think, like, I think they kill, like, I, and this whole time we thought it was her talking about losing her virginity, but it's actually about, like, essentially her virginity on killing. This is her first kill ever, and it kind of, like, was, like, a coming of age for her because she slowly ripped out of her skin, and I really like this. I like that they didn't just, you know, get glowy eyes and their nails grow long. They actually, like, they rip out of their own flesh and they turn into these wolves and they feast upon these men. Yes. And from what we can see, it's like an all-girl wolf pack. Oh, yeah. No boys allowed. Yeah, because it's not just the four that we've encountered, but there's like several other girl wolves there. And all the guys that we saw these girls flirting with appear and they're all they eat, they're all like out. I don't know if they're alive or dead. Uh, I know the vampire guy's still alive, but his leg was, like, broken. Like, his bones were sticking out. Yeah, and then that's kind of where that storyline ends. And then, are are we to our last story? It's the old man? Yep, we are to our last story. So, the last story is the neighbor who saw... Uh, well, his, his name was Warren or something. So, Warren is the old man. He doesn't celebrate Halloween. He serial killer neighbor and he actually yells at him um well after we his story starts after he yelled at his neighbor to like keep it down so he goes back inside the house with his dog and trick-or-treaters come and he opens up the door and screams at them and scares them off and then he goes back to watching his shows and as he flips through the channel we see some iconic shows like some halloween shows um the history of halloween we see a little brief thing and um he hears someone knocking on his door again and he's like trick or treaters or he hears the gate opening. So he checks through the window and the gate is open. So he knows someone's in his yard. So he opens his door and there's, was it when he opened his door and that's when his whole yard is decorated with pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns? Yes. So his whole yard is jack- decorated with jack-o'-lanterns like supernaturally. So we already know Sam's involved. And um, he hears noise coming from behind him. So he turns around and he sees his doggy door swinging. But his dog's barking at the like stairs. So he knows someone's inside his house. So he goes up the stairs. And I think I'm getting a little confused. Do you remember? Yeah. So he goes up the stairs trying to see who's in his house because he hears noise up there. And that's when, as he was walking around the bedroom... Sam is hiding underneath the bed and, like, uses a razor blade or a knife to cut his leg. 
and it's in a chocolate bar, which I think is so weird. So he stabs Warren in the leg, and Warren falls down, like, screaming, because, of course, if you got stabbed in the leg, you would probably be pretty shocked and fall down screaming. And that's when he sees Sam, and then Sam, like, hops out and starts trying to attack him again, but somehow Warren is able to grab his gun, and he shoots Sam. Oh, do you think Warren was getting attacked by Sam because he didn't do trick-or-treat? Uh, I did think that that was a possibility, that that's why he was being attacked. Because he didn't decorate and he didn't do anything for Halloween. Because we get that scene where in right before Warren is, um, I don't, I can't remember if Warren is already sliced in the ankle, but he goes to shoot the, um, shoot Sam in the head and the pumpkin, there's a pumpkin in the room and it like shoots out full of fire and all across the wall written in red, um, I'm going to assume blood is trick or treat, trick or treat. Yes. So... So I wasn't sure if it was because he didn't do, like, trick-or-treating or or Halloween, or if it was something from his past coming back up. Oh, yeah, and we'll learn more about that at the very end of his story. But, um... (laughs) He shoots Sam, and we learn that even though Sam's little pumpkin head gets blown up, Um, he can, like, regenerate so all of his parts come back together. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Sorry. We, um, Hillman Sam, I think before the gun, before, like, the shotgun, I think Hillman Sam get into a tussle where he's actually able to pull, like, Sam wears this burlesque, um, like, mask on his face, and you think it's a child he's fighting because it's so small like a child, but he actually pulls off the bur, the burlap, burlap, sorry guys, the burlap off of his head, and it's terrifying, it's like a pumpkin, I couldn't tell if it was a school, or a pumpkin, or like a weird alien head creature. I wasn't sure either, I was like, is that an alien, is that a school, I think, I want to say it's like a school. Either way, it's really creepy, but like KK said, Warren does get, like, is able to shoot off his hand, and shoot him in the head, like, multiple times with this shotgun and um it actually when he shoots him in the head you get all this pumpkin goo coming out and warren kind of thinks he's won but then he sees that like the uh sam's hand can move to him and actually stabs him in the foot and goes back to his owner and wakes sam up and then the fight continues and right when sam's about to kill warren somehow when he stabs warren he stabs into a chocolate bar that's on Warren, and I guess he accepts it as, like, you know, giving me candy, <laughs> trick or treat. So he leaves. Yes. Um, I just want to say my favorite part out of this entire movie was the hand scene where Sam's hand leaves his body and goes and attacks Warren and then yeah. scuttles back to the body. You didn't, like, it's surprising that hand could do so much damage. But I also think that may be tribute in a way from the director, Michael Daughtry, or the producer, Brian Singer, to this really old horror movie about a hand, like, escaping its person's body and, like, attacking people. I think it was also a tribute to Carpenter, who, um, I don't, I can't remember, he had a, he was either the director I believe, of the thing. 
Okay. That's what I read. So I might be wrong. I also like the fact that the reason Warren is spared is because he had this chocolate on him. And Sam is like, oh, good enough. Thank you for the chocolate. Yeah. So, um... So that's our last story, but it's not the end because this kind of wraps it all up because in the very uh, beginning and the end, we have a young girl walking home who's Rhonda, who has a her, um, like, what is it? Wheelbarrow? Not wheelbarrow. What is it called? It's a wagon. Thank you. Wagon. Full of her pumpkins and she's heading back home. And as she's crossing the street, a car almost hits her and it's full of the young girls who were the werewolves who are laughing because, you know, they just got done with their celebration and she's crossing the street and the old man is watching all of this. And, um, he's actually has already bandaged himself up, which I thought was like really fast work. He must be like a professional at that. And he's actually handing out candy and Sam's watching him from across the street. And that's, and, uh, right beside him, the neighbor, the murderous neighbor, his son, is sitting on the front porch handing out candy. And while Sam's watching the old man, um, you see some... I can't remember if it was down the street or behind Sam. A woman, our two beginning characters, the man and the woman, are coming home. And she blows out the jack-o'-lantern. And Sam turns his attention to her. Yes. But Warren's not out of trouble yet. Warren shuts the door he's like whatever i'm done with sam and i really think it's kind of messed up he doesn't warn that couple he's just like i'm done and um he's about to he's barely walking away from the door when he hears knocking he's like oh more trick-or-treaters and he opens it up and it's the um zombie children from the quarry and they're all there saying trick-or-treat and i think they i don't know if they ambush him or they grab him but they start to you know take him apart like they did the other children and in his fireplace, we see a picture of all those children. So he, I believe, we believe, is the bus driver. Yes. That's my thought, too, was that he was the bus driver that was never heard from again. And yeah. so the ghost children getting their revenge for their death. But it's kind of crazy because, I mean, yes, he had planned to get rid of them, but their actual deaths weren't technically his fault because it was actually one of the kids faults but if he had never drove them out there if he had just sent them home when he was supposed to yeah that's true they never would have died but um i like that ending i think like i think sam attacking warren sam and warren's fight was like the best story yeah i think so too um and i like the fact that it gives us more insight into sam's character that he's actually like this sort of enforcer of Halloween tradition. And I think his name is kind of related to the name of Halloween, except it's not actually pronounced Sam Hine, it's pronounced Samhain. Samhain, okay. But but when you look at it, like written in the English language, if you shorten it, you can get Sam out of it. Yes. Um, I, I really like this movie. I would probably give it three out of five stars. What about you, Cole? Oh, I think I would give it, I'm, I'm with you, three out of five stars. I think talking about it made me like it a little bit more. I think the ending, like the ending and the quarry, I think are the best, like you said. I think it's just because 
the stories kind of like fit better together because the neighbor's story, the murderous neighbor is kind of confusing because it ties into the werewolf story and it just gets like a bit jumbled to me. Yes. I think um, the murders, the murderous principal who is the neighbor and the beginning scene where we see the woman killed because she blew took down her Halloween decorations and blew out the jack-o'-lantern. I feel like those two stories could have been cut from the movie and it still would have been good. However, it would have been shorter because this movie is only an hour and 40 minutes. So I kind of feel like they had to add more stuff in there to kind of like fill it out a little bit. But I feel like that took away from the movie in a way. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I do like the idea that, you know, you if you don't keep your jack-o'-lanterns lit, like you're asking for trouble, like you're somehow removing some type of protection from yourself. And if you're not doing Halloween traditions and you're not honoring the night, then you could be punished for it. Yes, I like that it kind of like it follows like I like um like some of the halloween traditions and also it covers some of the uh like um urban tales as well like you know of the chocolate being poisoned or watch out you can find razor blade in your candies and that's what sam uses to attack this old man yes (laughs) Um, i did like that factor and then i don't know i I fact that for the most part most of the characters who were punished in the movie they weren't just not following tradition. For the most part, they were also immoral characters. And I think that ties back into the story of the Jack-O-Lantern. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, like, I we have already restated this, and I'll just say it one more time. I feel like the only one who doesn't fit that is just the wife at the beginning. Yes. So the story of the Jack-O-Lantern and how it came about is in um, folklore, There was this character, there's this character known as Dingy Jack. And supposedly he was like a very bad character. He would get drunk a lot. He was a thief. Um, He was just a really bad person. And the devil came to collect his soul. And the first time the devil came to collect his soul, he told the devil, okay, I'll go with you, but let me just have one more drink at the bar. So they went to the bar to have a drink. And he didn't have any money to pay for it. So he asked the devil if the devil would turn into a corn. And then he could use the devil as a corn to pay for the drink and then get the corn back. And then he would go with the devil. So the devil said yes. So when the devil turned into the corn, though, um, Stingy Jack took the corn and put it with a cross uh, in his pocket. And so the devil couldn't escape until he agreed with Stingy Jack to give him 10 more years before taking his soul. So 10 years passed and the devil came back and Stingy Jack said, okay, I'll go with you. But before I go with you, I have one more request. And so the devil was not for that, but somehow Stingy Jack convinced the devil to reach into an apple tree and get him an apple. And he said, I'll go with you. And then you won't have to listen to my stomach growling on our journey. So the devil reaches up into the apple tree to get the apple And while he's doing that, there's two variations of the story. One is that Stingy Jack surrounded the tree with crosses. And the other is that Stingy Jack carved a cross into the tree. And so he trapped the devil there until the devil agreed not to take his soul to hell. So what the devil ended up doing was sending him to purgatory. 
with just an ember to light his way. So he was roaming around purgatory with just an ember to light his way. And that's why we see the jack-o'-lanterns and people at that time, they would carve turnips and use turnips with the little ember. And then once it came to the U.S., pumpkins were easier to carve. So they started using the pumpkins. You know, they would also carve potatoes, too. Yes. Um, and then there's a second story that kind of goes along with the um, the Stingy Jack story, where supposedly, like, you would see it in the woods or around swamplands, you would see ghost lights or lights out in the swamp, and people would follow those lights out there thinking that they were torches or houses nearby, and they would actually get stuck out there, or they would come, they would fall into the swamp and drown. What, aren't they called something? What are they called? Um, Ghost lights or willow of the wisp. Willow, willow of the wisp, yeah. They they can either be good things or bad things. Yes. Um, so that's just two stories I found that I thought were really interesting regarding the jack-o'-lantern. And like you said, that ties in a lot to trick or treat because every time someone blew out a pumpkin or didn't have a pumpkin lighted, something bad befell upon them. Yes. Um. So if you want to watch this show, I watched it off of Prime. You do have to pay like 2 or $3 to watch it, but I didn't find it for free anywhere. No, sadly, it's not for free. You do have to pay it whether you're using Prime or YouTube. And this style of um, movie or storytelling is called anthologies, where it's like multiple stories in one movie. Um, there is another one called Bad Candy that is also Halloween related. And it's similar to this, and it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. If you enjoy kind of like urban tales and stuff like that, check it out. It's a pretty good Halloween movie. (laughs) So is there anything else you feel like we need to talk about regarding this movie? No, I think we have gotten, trying to think of a pun, but no, I think we squeezed all the juice out of this movie. (laughs) Talking about juice, have you ever tried pumpkin juice? No, no, but I like pumpkin pie. I've not tried pumpkin juice either. And I tried apple cider and I did not like apple cider. So I don't think I'm going to try any pumpkin juice. And I'm not crazy about pumpkin pie. Wow, you're really just... Well, you know, I will say pumpkin pie and apple cider, I really feel like those don't fit with Halloween. I think most, like, as bad as it sounds, most Halloween stuff is, like, you know, candy and stuff. So do you like candy corn at least? I do like candy corn. Ah, see, so... Um, I will say, I know pumpkins are a big thing. Like, I have several pumpkins. I don't normally carve jack-o'-lanterns, though, just because I'm not crazy about um, actually doing it. It's kind of messy. But I think it'd be interesting if people would bring back carving turnips and using turnips. Okay, I just want to say something. Carving pumpkins is already hard enough. You want people to start carving turnips and potatoes? But they're creepier looking when they're carved. Yeah, they're creepier looking. But do you know how like delicate you would have to be? I feel like I've never touched a turnip before, but I've I've dealt with potatoes. Potatoes are tough son of a bitches. True. Um, I do love the fact that jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins as a whole, but especially jack-o'-lanterns, are such an iconic Halloween image. And it stems directly from like folklore. And oral tradition. And you know. I really wonder how like. Who thought using the pumpkin. Like who was like. 
one day like out in the field and saw a pumpkin was like, you know, I'm going to use that instead of our old turnips over here. Maybe they were, maybe they were growing. um, Maybe pumpkins were easier to grow in the climate. Maybe. So that was our movie for this week. Um, (laughs) Next week we will be doing the witches. The witches. Do you remember what year that is from? Ooh, I believe the witches are from, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I just want to say right here, we are not, we are doing the original witches. We're not doing the remake. No, we are doing the original, which I think is really good. I was wanting to tell me the date of the remake. But it is a classic as well. I remember watching it as a kid and one scene I just it didn't scare me but I was like really grossed out yeah so this one is from 1990 and we could have actually done it during our August month because we did a whole month about witches but because it is does involve children more I think we decided to hold off and save it for this month yeah and witches are also iconic to Halloween yes and we've done a Dracula I mean we've done a vampire movie with Dracula we did a haunted house movie with Monster House. And now we have done a movie that involves multiple creatures, but specifically werewolves. And so now we will do our witch movie. Oh, that's true. That Oh, wow. Look at that. We're just on a roll, a bingo of Halloween. Yes. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please tune in next week for The Witches from 1990. Well, our review of The Witches from 1990. Yes. Please join us next week. Goodbye. Oh, um, before we, I'm going to end, I'm going to um, interrupt your ending, Cole. Before we end this, I do want to say that if you enjoyed this movie, Trick or Treat, um, the director of this movie, Michael Daughtry, he also was the director of Krampus. So if you have not seen that movie, you may also check it out. Yes. And we will be reviewing that movie in December. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.